The Ordnance Survey started off in England as predominantly a military affair early on in the 19th century, panicked by the thought of the invading Napoleonic forces from across the English Channel. The Parliament ordered that the Royal Ordnance of the time survey the south coast in preparation for the fighting of battles all along should there be an invasion. Was that the same kind of motivation at work in Ireland? Was it a military affair providing maps for the army to put down the rebellious and independently minded Irish of the time? That's a very plausible suggestion and I think probably one that many people would uh, expect to be the case. But if you look at the commissions that were sitting in Ireland in the early part of the 19th century, the big problem was the other great evil, which was taxation. Now, the the survey that, that commenced in England beyond the fear of Napoleon was carried out at one inch to one mile. But in Ireland, the smallest land denomination which was used for taxation purposes is something which you don't have in England. It's called the townland and it's smaller often than a parish. Parishes are fine at one inch to a mile in England, Wales and uh, an inch to a mile was pursued in Scotland. But it just wasn't going to work for the purposes of taxation, for making quite sure that uh, everybody paid up in terms of uh, local tax against local area. So you mean a much more detailed map given the small size of Irish land holdings? Yes, yes. The detail is actually pretty extraordinary on this map and by comparison to the other ones we've looked at, I mean it's kind of just almost an inconceivable technical leap to produce a map like this compared to Blau's map, for example, of West Africa. How exactly do you go about making a map like this? I mean, what does it, it actually involve to do this? It involved a huge logistical exercise and to some extent that was why the Royal Engineers was, was appropriate. There were surveyors working in Ireland who were perfectly capable of, of measuring distances and direction using theodolites, using measuring chains and so on. But in order to organise the whole thing, as you say, over the whole country, it needed more administration, it needed more organisation. But the other thing that it required was a baseline the so-called measured mile, because surveys uh, at that time were done on the basis of what's termed triangulation. Triangulation. Um, now, take me through triangulation. You need a baseline, and that meant building towers on a flat area, which in fact is in the north of the country, at McGilligan Strand, County Londonderry. And based on that line, you then look for other points in the landscape which you can fix and you build up triangles over the whole country and in that way you're able to measure to sight for direction and distance. Okay, and presumably those points that make up the triangles have to be on the tops of hills so you can actually see them, is that, is that right? Right, now, what you do is you... Remember, this is before the widespread uh, modern road system, before railways and that sort of thing. You had to haul all this equipment up mountains... And then you had to sit there, presumably, until you could see your next mountain. And uh, interestingly, this was uh, the source of the invention of limelight. You may associate being in the limelight or out of it as a sort of theatrical thing. But the Irish atmosphere, as they termed it, was notoriously... Foggy? Foggy, yes, they didn't see too well. So they developed limelight as as a way of being able to see greater distances, uh, often at night. 
distances of over 50 miles were suddenly within their scope. And this made it a lot easier. Now, for 19th century technology, 50 miles sounds like a pretty long distance to be, you know, to be measuring over. I mean, today we would do that kind of thing with satellites and pretty sophisticated technologies. Just how accurately did Victorian engineers manage to map the distances and the topography of, uh, of Ireland? The first edition of the Ordnance Survey, which was being published in the 1830s and 40s, was the basis of all the Ordnance Survey maps published in Ireland right up until electronic revisions were being made and, and global positioning systems and so on brought in. When they re-measured the baseline, which had been set up in the 1830s, they found that it was accurate to within one inch in eight miles. So that was the level of accuracy which those 19th century surveyors managed to get hold of. So it's extraordinary, something that in some ways looks so kind of handwritten with its very kind of particular um, types of lettering and, and it looks like it's kind of hand etched in some ways, contains the most extraordinary technological sophistication and accuracy. There's yes. kind of strange contrast in, in the map between those two elements to it. They were and the employment of, of the Royal Engineers meant of course the employment of ordinary soldiers, so to speak. Not only were they disciplined and organised, but they were also cheap. They were paid a shilling a day. The head of the Ordnance Survey in Ireland, an officer called Colby, was concerned that they should read their Bibles, educate their children, and not look ridiculous by wearing moustaches and beards. But interestingly also, they were not to be used in quelling riots or civil disturbances. So it's uh, it was a massive undertaking, a massive undertaking. They also collected a tremendous amount of written information, which Colby intended should be published as what were termed memoirs. They collected all the place names and wrote them down. And of course, the naming and claiming of places is often quite a debatable, quite a contentious issue. Should they name the places in Irish? Should they name the places in English? And what did they opt for? Well, it depends which side of the debate you uh, you probably fall upon. All the place names were, reputedly were collected, and what was was said to have been done was to publish on the maps the the common form of place name, sometimes more Irish, sometimes more English. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.